just as you are without changing a thing just as you are I accept you I see you I hear you I welcome you in just as you It's funny you should say that because usually we're across an ocean or in an entirely different room. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But it feels further away because we're across the room from right. each other instead of you being right. in my computer right. in my face. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Hi, I'm Patricia. Welcome to the 60th episode of A Breath of Song. I'm so glad you chose to do this today, which is extra special because Leah Morris is joining us for a songwriter conversation, and we're actually in the same room. Hi, Leah. Welcome. Thanks so much, Patricia. I appreciate you having me. So, to quote Leah, may I ever use my hands for lifting up? May I ever use my voice for speaking truth? We're here to uncover wellness, lift it up, truth speaking, one song at a time. Your voice is exactly what's needed for this. We're coming to you from the Upper Valley Music Center on the unceded lands of the Abenaki in what is now called Lebanon, New Hampshire. And Leah, tell us how you got here today. Oh, I'll give you the short version. Okay. The short version was rental car from Milford, New Hampshire. The longer version involves planes, and... <laughs> so where did those planes start? Uh, in Germany. I'm living about an hour from Hanover, Germany now. And mm. then I was in Portland for the General Assembly of the Unitarian Universalists, and then have flown east again, and we'll be doing a number of sharing performances. And you look yeah. so remarkably sane and calm. <laughs> well, I will accept that and <laughs> say this is uh, towards the beginning of my journeys. Who knows how I'll look at the end, but I'm having a great time. I'm glad to be here. Oh, good. So all of our voices will turn up as they are today, and no matter what, we can feel the connection to our breath and vibration in our body. Let's find how good it can feel to sing. Last week I shared Leah's song, Keep Your Heart Wide Open. Today Leah will be teaching us a song of hers called Just As You Are. We'll learn it slowly so it can settle inside you and you can begin to trust it as a resource, let it move you into a state of flow, then we get to enjoy a conversation with Leah, and we'll close out with the song again at the end. The beautiful thing about podcasts is you can always rewind. So let's start with a good yawn stretch. Maybe roll your shoulders a bit or move into your back, whatever feels good in your body. Oh, and let your voice start making noise, just oh. letting it come through on the breath. Hmm. And as your breath comes in, Notice how it can widen your rib cage. And as it goes out, let it release something. And as it comes in, let it push down into your belly. And as it goes out, let it take something with it. One more breathing into your back, widening either side of your spine and releasing. Yeah, and try scrunching up your face, making a little mask, tight mask, and let me hear some sounds. Yeah, and open up wide. And let's do some sighs going up. And back down again, and another one. And if you have those kinds of magic lips that you can flubber or a tongue that you can flutter, go ahead. Mm. Yeah, Leah, I'll turn it over to you to share the song. Mm, wonderful. Just as you are without changing a thing. Just as you Just as you are without change. 
changing a thing Just as you are I accept you I see you, I hear you I welcome you in Just as you are Just as you are You want to teach it to us just a bit at a time or just let us sing it with you? Sure, why don't we sing it a couple of more times? Yeah. Just as you are without changing a thing Just as you are I accept you I see Do you have harmonies for it? I have a, a little echo thing that happens, and I had the wonderful joy of singing the song with Emma's Revolution oh, wow. on Sunday, mm. and they, you know, brought harmonies in and did other things that I hadn't heard, and was just like, oh. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, I'd be willing to give a shot at holding it. If you wanted to harmonize it or if you wanted me to play with harmonies, sure. we could do it. And, and you who are listening can do what feels right for you in your voice. Sure. Which, yeah. do you wanna, which way do you want to go? Why don't we do both? Okay. Why do we, I mean, you know, it's, it's a brief little yeah, nugget. So I can sing it, uh, sing the melody twice and you do what you hear. Okay. And then we'll then switch. I'll switch. Yeah. Okay. Sounds we'll good. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> let's just exciting. play. <laughs> Here you go. Three, four. Just as you are without changing a thing. Just as you are, I accept you. I see you. Just as you
then I'll just do a regular harmony. Just as you are without changing a thing. Just as you are, I accept you. I see you, I feel you, I welcome you in. Just as you are. Just as you <laughs> just as we be so tell me about that song tell me how it came to be well early on in 2020 I'll say midsummer sort of May June it was maybe three or four months into really hunkering down with my family mm-hmm. who consisted of my partner and my three children who are 612 and at the time my eldest was 19 or so mm-hmm. and she and I ooh, ooh, there was friction you know two yeah. adults we were two yeah. adults living in a household that I thought of as my household and she thought of you know just, yeah. just that whole dynamic magnified by the fact that we really didn't have anywhere to go to get away from each other right she right. didn't have school I didn't have right. work things it was just our energy. Right. And I was taking a daily walk, preserving my sanity, making sure I was at, you know, the best I could be each day. So I'd wake up before everybody else and take a walk. And on that day, for whatever reason, I was upset. Honestly, I think it was like dishes. That was a common mm-hmm. theme. I was like, mm-hmm. you haven't mm-hmm. washed your dishes. Let's argue all mm-hmm. day about it. Mm-hmm. So I was just taking this walk and I thought, how can there be more peace between me and my my daughter and this song came as a gift and I started thinking this song toward her towards her you know just yeah holding her in my mind and thinking this song towards her and since that day literally our relationship has completely flipped she's one of my best friends she's one of the wisest people I know I don't fuss at her about dishes <laughs> we don't live together anymore either which, right, which I might have it and, right it might but still but it it really has made a huge difference in my relationship with her and something that the song has also gifted me is a recognition that what I really benefited from the most was taking those lyrics and turning them on to myself Mm. because what I recognize is that I was coming towards her with a lot of judgment and mm-hmm. expectations and mm-hmm. things I wanted her to do better than I had done them. Yes. And so it was really a lot about self-forgiveness yes. and self-acceptance. Yes. And once you know I had that in place in my relationship towards her, then it wasn't so much of this, you've got to do better than I did. You know, mm-hmm. just be yourself. Mm-hmm. I was really able to say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to be myself at my best, which is mm-hmm. not always perfect. And you're going to be yourself at your best, which is not always what I want it to be. But here we are. And yeah. I love you. And you don't have to change anything for that to be the fact. Isn't that one of the most beautiful things that parenting gifts us with mm-hmm. is those chances to I I had a tough time with my daughter when I think she'd be okay with me sharing this because it was now several years ago mm-hmm. but when her baby was young you know and I was helping out during the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. and so what happened was she felt like I was coming in with a lot of judgment which I may have been, I was coming in with a lot of, I want to fix this. Mm -hmm. I want to fix it. You know, I don't want you to have the same, I I hate seeing you tired, you know, and and I want to fix it so that you're not tired anymore. And that whole energy of trying to fix things is, is different than the energy of accepting first. And, um, for me, making that shift of realizing, oh, fixing is not actually that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's kind of what I was trying to do to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, queen of self-help books. Here. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. so fix it, fix it, fix it. And finally realizing, oh, wait, actually, that's not what makes things, I don't even want to use the word better. Mm-hmm. That's not what shifts things. Fixing, the fixing energy is not right. what works. Yeah, I think there's a time and place for everything. And certainly in relationships, in, you know, human relationships, 
when we can come in with, if our first intention is acceptance and and non-judgment. And I've, I've encountered a lot of parents and for myself, it hasn't really been a challenge in our household as my kids are discovering identity and I'm discovering identity and we're mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. and becoming more of who we are. But I know that's been a huge piece for a lot of folks is, is um, who I've gotten a chance to share this song with, you know, recognizing my child is perhaps, or or anyone, you know, my partner or my sibling or my parent is or my neighbor is other than I would want them to be, rather than trying to fix or change, just saying, you know what, my first step here is to accept you, to honor you, to see your humanity, and let that be really all that matters. Let that right, be which doesn't piece. mean doesn't mean that you can't then have the conversation about doing the dishes. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't mean that you that that abusive behavior becomes mm-hmm. okay, or right. that that it doesn't mean that we don't get to have our boundaries and we don't get to say what's what's okay. Exactly. But it does mean that we start by by that. And I love it's so beautiful to me that you realize that 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 acceptance of yourself, that being, I I sing so many of these songs that come on this podcast Mm -hmm. to myself. Mm -hmm. They sound like songs that I might be singing to give to somebody else, but Mm -hmm. no, I'm really giving them to myself. Because when I'm healed or when I'm working from that place, it makes life easier. Yeah. Makes life more fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you said, with recognizing that there's nothing outside of me that needs to be fixed, and really, there's not anything inside of me that needs no. to be fixed either. Just perspectives and choices. And when I am proactive, when I'm intentional about what choices I'm making and what perspectives I'm choosing, then I have a very different experience. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. I have some that control. Part of getting to choose some of yeah. your experience. So speaking of choosing your experience, I describe A Breath of Song as being a podcast about sharing songs that help us uncover the wellness that's already there inside ourselves, singing to help us heal and adapt and grow. Can you tell us about another time when you felt like singing or a particular song was strongly connected to your wellness? Mm. Well, I grew up in the church. I grew up in the Baptist church, Mm -hmm. which is... uh, You know, (laughs) I could tell stories that would feel good and stories that would not feel good. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that overall, my experience of growing up in that faith tradition has been one of recognizing that song and music and voices raised together, a cappella, harmonies, that that is, I won't even say a preview of heaven, that that's kind of, that's what it is. (laughs) You know, that's an opportunity for us to experience a closeness, a, a connection, a unity that is maybe rare in communities. It just, you know, this isn't necessarily my biological family. This I grew up singing with my biological family. But uh-huh. when you're in a community of singers, uh-huh. you know, you recognize that that joining of voices is something that reminds us how closely we can be connected without even touching. So recently I've had the opportunity again after years of not singing with folks, you know, as we all have had, depending right. on when you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, it had been a couple of years since the last time I was able to just sing harmonies with people. And yeah. I uh, joined up with a group of masked singers near my now hometown in Germany, and we're singing gospel songs uh-huh. with Germans, uh-huh. you know, who they're uh-huh. singing in English, but they're singing songs that I grew up with, that, like, for them, it's this kind of unique, exotic cultural experience. For me, it's going home. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting with these folks yeah. singing, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it just felt really welcoming and and... I don't know, it just brought me back to something really foundational to who I am as a musician, as a person, as a believer's maybe a strong word, but as a spiritual entity, you know, just like mm. back to my core. So That's beautiful. I was mm. going to ask how you have this this wonderful, flexible, skillful voice, you know, and you could do, you could sing anything, right? You could be doing any kind of music you wanted to be doing. And I wondered what's drawing you into community singing. Yeah, it's it's a return home without yeah. question. It, that's yeah. 
the first kind of music I sang was in church, acapella harmonies, mm-hmm. um, songs of spirits, songs of faith, mm-hmm. but songs that, that were really about connecting us with that higher power, that, that sense of something beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in any community, that's exactly what it is. Do you remember mm-hmm. one of your favorites? Oh, so many. Right now, for some reason, in that great getting up morning fairly well, keeps coming into my mind. So, so I have to say, you use that song, you, you sing that in the start of your CD, your, mm. your album release yeah. of Good Morning Songs, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. on your website. It is the coolest rendition. I love <laughs> it. I love what you started with there. Thank and so you. I will put the link to that in the show notes. And anybody who, anybody who has an ear for music, Please, please, please go find thisisleah.com. It's just such a great rendition. Fun, thank you. What is the earliest, if you can pick back, what's the earliest song memory you have? So it's, you know, it's hard to tell whether this is a memory or something someone told me. I have a visual of it. I remember the dark wood on the sanctuary and looking out, I can totally, totally see First Baptist Church of Baltimore, Liberty road like I'm there and I remember I believe I remember and wasn't told um being three or four and singing there's a sweet sweet spirit in this place and I remember that my hair was in a couple of puffballs up on the side and I remember that folks were laughing you know like there, there, there was just sort of mirth and levity and I'm like were they laughing at me? <laughs> right, they were probably so joyful to hear you singing. Having heard young voices as an adult, I understand it now. Yeah. But you know, just yeah, yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your evolution into becoming a singer and your relationship with your voice and how how has that changed? Well, I I was, again, I'm told, and this one I know I don't remember, but I was told that I was crying in the birth canal. That I came out squealing. <laughs> so you so, had a relationship with yeah, your voice yeah, was yeah. there exactly. and solid. Exactly. At the from start, the as beginning. soon as there was air, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have thanks to sing. So, and I grew up, you know, singing with my mom's family. They were the uh-huh. Jones family gospel singers. So there was always singing and music in my childhood. It was never like, and now I will sing. It was it was an option. It was like. Walking, breathing, eating. It was just one of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you got older, as you came out of being a child and you started coming into the music world, mm-hmm. and your your father was also a musician. Yes. and doing So your parents were both in the music world. Did you ever want to leave it and not do music because of that? Or? Oh, interesting question. Because of that, that, that kind of puts a different spin on the question. Um, when I was little, I remember wanting to be a veterinarian. I always loved animals. And I remember wanting to be a minister, a preacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in the Southern Baptist tradition at the time. There were only male leaders in the right. church. And, uh, what they missed. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think they're, you know, they're <laughs> growing, like changed. many faiths yes, are yes. expanding. Um, but my dad was not classically trained, but he went to school for music, has perfect pitch, and is a very intense person in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. so his attitude toward music wasn't always fun and easy, and there was a lot of correction, pitch correction, mm-hmm. and like heavy-handed perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And for uh, from the time I was about seven till the time I was 14, I just didn't want anything to do with music other than with my mom and her family. I went on singing with them. But if it was sheet music, piano lessons, flute, all those things that I might have continued to do, I just didn't want my dad leaning over my shoulder going, wrong, do right. it again, wrong, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. Yeah, yep. so... Um, and I have at times thought that I might have missed out on that time. You know, it's really a formative time and you're learning and practice and all those things. But I picked up the guitar when I was 13, just Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, peers were playing and I Mm -hmm. thought, this is interesting. And I had my uncle taught me to play a G major chord, gave me a thumb pick. Uh 
And uh, that set me on my way. And interestingly, I was drawn to a style of music that my dad really, it was outside his wheelhouse. So like, this is my G major chord. This kind of thing, you know, like I was yeah, really yeah. into a style of music that my dad was like, what is that? Does like, not compute. Tracy Chapman. <laughs> yeah, and yeah just like hill yeah. music. He calls it, you know, the picking and grinning, that whole, yeah. like, yeah. and he was more of a soul funk okay. style. And yeah. it could well be that I gravitated towards a style of music that he really didn't have any interest in. Because he then yeah, would leave me alone. <laughs> to keep him out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I couldn't escape that those are part of my roots. Yeah, the right. soul and the, right. the funk and the gospel. They're still like in my toes. They're still yeah. at the at the root of what I'm doing. So yeah. So many people who listen to my podcast, I know because they've written to me and they feel separated from their voice. They feel like they're not allowed to sing, that they're not good enough, that mm-hmm. they're not supposed to sing because they don't sound like a recording when they sing. What, what would you say to them? First of all, I believe, I think in this building where we are right now, there's a Music Together class taking place and they really um, articulate that well, that everybody's born musical. Everybody's born with a gift, an interest, a passion even for music, right? We want to communicate that way. We want to express that way. And along the way, it does often happen. First of all, not everybody's exposed to music early. So it's kind of like if you had a child and you set them in a chair and you never spoke to them, they would not learn to speak. Right. And likewise, many kids don't have the the, the opportunity to, to learn and engage deeply with music like you, I don't know what your story is, but I certainly had that opportunity very early. And if someone speaks to that child that's in the corner but says, don't speak, or don't speak these words, or those are the mm-hmm. wrong words, and, the wrong. and discourages exploration and mm-hmm. expression, then that kid will think, hmm, I'm not supposed to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think it happens to a lot of people who feel not musical or not musical enough, is mm-hmm. that they, one person, one music teacher or one, you know, choral director says, that's not the right note or you're missing the pitch or whatever it is Mm -hmm. early enough that they believe that and they take that on into their identity. Mm -hmm. And I've known plenty of people who don't match pitches and sing with nothing but joy. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, if you never learn to match pitch, still follow your joy. That's what I would say. Follow Mm -hmm. your joy, sing because it feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to, to be on a recording. If you, if you need to be in the shower, if you need the privacy of the shower to really find your joy, <laughs> to do that, the privacy of your car to find your joy in singing, do yeah. that. But let yourself, let yourself have that part of your expression. It's so intrinsic to our being, you know, or, yeah. or drumming or, or dancing or whatever yes. lets you feel that musical part of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've worked with um, hundreds of people, adults, who believed they couldn't sing mm-hmm. and couldn't match pitch. And when they started singing with me, we're not matching pitches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything. And I've always found that it's a body connection, that if, if we can find a relaxation and if we cannot match pitch for a while, mm-hmm. but just practice the muscle movement of right. going, sliding, ooh, mm-hmm. just getting this that slide so that then your body remembers oh I can make I can talk up here and I can talk down here and I don't always have to talk at exactly the same Mm -hmm. pitch you know and I don't even ever do that really in real life right most people's pitches change constantly Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then beginning to start to feel what it's like to sing the same pitch as somebody but I was completely surprised by that having grown up in a a classical Mm -hmm. tradition and accompanied vocalists, mm-hmm. I thought that either you could sing on mm-hmm. pitch or you couldn't. And I was one of the people who couldn't reliably ah, sing on pitch. Okay. And other people could. Mm-hmm. That, that was It was an either-or situation. And it wasn't until I started learning it that I started realizing, oh, this is actually a facility like walking or like right. biking right. or... And there, there are a very, there's a very, very small percentage, I think it's 0.03 percentage of the population, that can't hear pitch differences. Mm-hmm. But I haven't met anybody yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, another thing that I was thinking about 
while you were saying that. And it surprises me. It's really fascinating that you went from believing you were unable to consistently match pitch to guiding other people to their voices. I think that's that's a really sweet liberation story. <laughs> I think it's partly because it, it made it easier for me to teach because I'd actually had the mm-hmm. experience of learning it. Right. So A, I really believed it was possible to mm-hmm. learn. And I think sometimes for teachers who have matched pitch easily all their lives, they're not sure that it's yeah. possible yeah. to learn. Yep. Right? That makes sense. You know? Totally makes sense. Because they haven't gone through that journey themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have my awkward question for you. Ooh, Are you ready? <laughs> well, we'll see. So you have a lot more melanin in your skin than it I do. So. And so. you're part of the global majority, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. there's this conversation now in community song leading where it tends to be a predominantly white space sure. for inexplicable reasons to me. I think. Yeah. And this is all entirely based on observation, not any research so mm-hmm. you know I could yeah. be, I yeah, could yeah. be wrong oh, but <laughs> I would say that you know those who are not necessarily singing in organized community sing groups are singing in other spaces <laughs> you know they're singing in church they're <laughs> singing at home the there's yeah. well it's a, an entirely different cultural connection to the singing and I feel like mm. with a lot of my friends who are of European descent it feels like a returning in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for, I can say the same for myself to some extent because I spent my high school years really focusing on the singer-songwriter thing, guitar, mm-hmm. organized pop songs, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. rather than simple, accessible songs that were sung in community. That said, as a, as a larger community, I would say that very many black people are certainly still singing together in church, you know? Right. And, and not everybody. Certainly, I don't know what's happening with the, the younger generation. My daughter may not have a, a group that she goes to to sing together. Um, they might be celebrating in different ways. And I couldn't mm-hmm. really speak to Asian or Latinx communities, what mm-hmm. their experience of communal music is. But mm-hmm. I feel like what's happening with a lot of European people is this resurgence, this desire to connect. Again, this feeling mm-hmm. of disconnection from perhaps one another, from cultural roots, which is really hilarious mm-hmm. because we live in this colonized reality. <laughs> and yet, I think the roots that maybe are feeling that that folks might be feeling disconnected from are the almost prehistoric roots. You know, those pagan ancestors. We want to go pre-Greece. We want to go pre-Christianity. Mm-hmm. We want to feel mm-hmm. our feet in the ground. We want to mm-hmm. feel our yeah. that that groundedness that yes. has kind of been missing in this highly cerebral community. That this this yeah. culture that's yeah. emerged in the last two thousand years. People are trying to get home. Home. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think also moving away from um, a patriarchal version of the culture to mm-hmm. where, the, where the roots are coming from a different place mm-hmm. um, and the strength and the power is coming sort of up from the, the groundedness. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think the, the process of being colonizers is wounding in itself. It has it. It has created its own trauma history mm-hmm. and its own healing that needs to happen. And I think that kind of grounding, that access to the to earth energy, yeah. is is critical for that to happen. That's interesting. Yeah. So my question, where I was oh. going when I first started that. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I was going was to ask you if there was a story that you wanted to share as, as somebody who is black and who, who spends time in predominantly white spaces. If there's a story that you want to share that you want people to hear. Hmm. And there may or may not be. There doesn't have to be. But I was just... Sure, sure, sure. That's, well, rather than a story, a question hmm. that I often have heard is there's a, I feel there's a great sensitivity and a desire to be respectful. So there's a lot of questions. Well, isn't this appropriation? You know, that's like, oh, are we allowed to sing this? And are we allowed to, to engage with this music? And I think you and I briefly maybe touched on some of this during a, a previous conversation. 
My tendency, and I don't speak for everyone, let it be clear, mm -hmm. I speak only for me, Leah. Right. But my tendency is to believe that music is a connector, and it's rare in the sense that when you engage in a song that comes from another tradition, you get a little taste of what it is to experience, to be part of that tradition. Mm -hmm. So if I sing um, a per perfect example, I was telling someone that I often have sung Molly Malone to my mm. children as they're going mm -hmm. to sleep. Is that mm -hmm. appropriation? Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I have friends of Irish descent mm -hmm. and they haven't discouraged me from singing it. I could ask them directly, but I would mm -hmm. say, you know, there's an exception. One exception would be if this is sacred music and people have no concept of the, the connotations and mm -hmm. what it means. It, it is certainly wise to inform oneself, to seek out opportunities, to ask, what does this mean? What do these words mean? What is the, the history? All those things mm -hmm. to engage as closely with the music as possible. Mm -hmm. But as to the question of appropriation, my opinion is take this music in, take these these, these people, these lives in as part of yourself and let that mm. be part of your enrichment. Mm. Less fear, more, <laughs> more, more welcoming. More welcoming you know? and gathering. Yeah. I would point out that you did know that Molly Malone was Irish. <laughs> and I think, I think some of the hesitation comes from how many people have sung Tula Clizio, you know, and not known that it was South African. Or some of those pieces, especially from South Africa, are composed pieces. Mm -hmm. They were written by somebody, you right. know, and that one is, is Joseph Shabalala, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're actually composed pieces, and that gets, oh, well, it's just, yeah, you know, and the syllables are nonsense syllables. Well, no, mm. they're not nonsense syllables. They actually have meaning. Yeah. You know, so I think there's some, as you said, knowing about the song, and then you get to engage in it in a, in a different way, Definitely. right? Definitely. Some appropriateness, yes. <laughs> rather yeah, than rather appropriation. appropriation. Yeah, right, right. That's, nice. That's mm. nice. What about so? Another question that I hear people saying often is, "How do I make my space welcome? Mm. How do I how how do I make it so that you, Leah, would feel comfortable coming in? Is there anything that I can do that would make you feel particularly welcome coming into my space, which is ninety eight percent?" you know, white people. Yeah. Well, you know, again, can't speak for everyone else. Of course not. I can say that the choir, that group of Germans that I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. um, they were probably 98% 65 years and older. Mm -hmm. And so they were asking themselves the questions, how can we mm -hmm. become more welcoming to younger singers? Mm -hmm. It's really either whatever, however you're trying to expand your reach. Yeah because you're not necessarily part of that group you're trying to reach out to, exactly. it can be really hard to know what, what would draw uh, them in. How can we, um, I would say that sometimes, to some extent, you might have to let go of that a little bit because 20-somethings may not want to sing with 60-somethings. And yeah. you know, yeah. black people who are being fed their musical experience in church may not feel the need yeah. to come into this predominantly white circle and sing. Yeah. Alternatively, there may be opportunities to say, would you, with your group, like to merge with us in our group just for a time? Let's make this a night. Let's yeah. make this an occasion. And see if, rather than you know trying to swallow up the whole world all at once, <laughs> see if there are opportunities to, to, to make little sparks of a larger community, of, of drawing the circle wider. Uh, that's just a, a thought. Um, you know, then there are logistical things like where and how are you marketing? How are you letting folks know mm -hmm. about your singing? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're doing that in predominantly white spaces, guess what's going to happen? Right. <laughs> you know? right, those are the people so, who are going to hear about it. Yeah, and yeah. who are your friends? Yeah. Who do you actually engage with on a regular basis? Yeah. And I've yeah. heard people say that you know they'd like to draw their personal circle wider and get to yeah. know more people who appear different. Yeah, it's, it's a lifelong journey, fun task <laughs> to, to do so. Yeah, to break down, to, to, to break through barriers. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. 
And to do that, I think sometimes you have to start by acknowledging them. Mm-hmm. You have to start by saying, oh, this actually exists. Yeah. You know, where there's this, there's, yeah. All right. I'm going to shut up. No, it's a super interesting question. I have a question for you. I know that you've been commissioned by the Natural Voices Network mm. to write a piece for their Black Lives Matter commissioning project. So what I'm curious about is you've been asked to compose a piece. Where do you start? Listening. That's... uh. And actually, uh, it's funny you should ask, because I started to get some inspiration for that just last night. Um, Listening. Listening to what wants to be sung through me at any time. Same as with any piece, you know? Mm -hmm. Just really paying attention and then taking the time to be still and engage with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sounds all very esoteric, because that's how it starts. Do you... um, When you say listening... At what point does it become vocal, or at what point do you pick up the guitar and start noodling? When I take the time, when I'm saying this is this is the time, mm-hmm. then immediately, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the listening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Go sit yeah. down. Right. Go sit down. Yeah. Let it come through. Yeah. 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 How do you refine a piece? So suppose you've noodled, you've come, something has come mm-hmm. through, you've got, you've got the core of something, and you right. know, okay, okay, this is, this, I've, got, I've got something. Yeah. What is your process, and it may be different every time, I don't right. know, but what do you do from there? Well, there was a time when I would say the way I write is that I pick up my guitar and find something that I haven't played before. And then listen for what the you know melody to can be there. And once the melody's settled in, listen for what the words, what words might hold that melody together. Mm-hmm. That is a common way that I've approached composition. In the last couple of years, so much of my composing has been a cappella, mm-hmm. has been while I'm walking, mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. kind of in motion, has been almost um meditative or or reflective there's a specific word I'm looking for it's it's really been devotional Mm. Um, Mm. and that I I wouldn't even dare to try to explain how that that, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea it's Uh like that's just yeah I will I'm grateful I I receive and I'm grateful um in the case of an intentional composition like this, I try to combine the two, right? So a little uh-huh. bit of order and science uh-huh. and and a, a good deal of what wants to be sung here so that, you know, I'm allowing as much as tweaking it almost at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so I have this chorus. I'm not going to sneak peek it now because... <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be the piece, but this is born yesterday. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and singing it over and over and over again until I'm sure I'm hearing it right. Yeah. That's, so you could sing a smidgen of it, and then people would hear what it became at the other, you know, no, it, this, it doesn't, it's not held, right? This is not held. Right. You could just, it would give people a, a window into a, then, then they could go listen for it in the fall. Sure, sure. And see whether or not and that see, even winds up. See whether it ends up being that, the same piece because it might be something exactly, totally different. Exactly. Very true. So what I was hearing was it's, I woke up mm-hmm. in my dream. <laughs> right before I woke up, I was dreaming that I was recording this melody. And I dreamt that like two or three times in a row that I was recording this melody. And then I realized I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I'm not recording this. I got to wake up and record this. <laughs> so I'm like, shake myself out of sleep, find my phone. And then I start recording it. And you know, it, now it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, this half awake right. person right. trying to sing a melody. Um, so what I was able to decipher out of that was, la, 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 la. And that's, you know, well, yeah, yeah, beautiful, nice, 
Nice. I love that. Thank you for being willing to share that because I know it's a it, composing can be kind of a private thing and you don't know where it's going to go sure, and sure. it's not finished and it's like showing somebody, you know, something that's, I mean, it is showing somebody that's not unfinished. something that's unfinished. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So thank you for, for being willing to do that. Well, thank you for asking. I am curious about what led you to Germany. Hmm, that's a long old story. The short version, the shortish version is that my partner is German. Mm -hmm. um, I was an exchange student in Germany my senior year of high school, so I'm kind of going backwards. Um, we'd been talking for years about going back, and then 2020 was just the year that kept giving, and what it was giving was not anything that, let's say, it gave us all the reason to relocate. <laughs> and that's what we did mm. for the for the well-being of our family. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you and your partner been raising your children speaking German as bilingually? Yes. Along? Yes. So because I am the entity who was most at home, I, you know, was responsible for their German up to that point, which mm -hmm. means imperfect Mm -hmm. broken accented German mm -hmm. but foundationally enough that when we made the move it wasn't starting from scratch yeah you know yeah so yeah I was an exchange student in Denmark for hey, a year so hey, I have go. my my broken right Danish. <laughs> Danish. yeah <laughs> um yeah so is there anything else that you are excited about right now that you'd like to share well, I'm excited right now in this particular moment. I'm on, we t talked, I think, before we started pushing the red button, um, on a tour of part of the East Coast sharing these songs that I have been singing with my looper, kind of not mm -hmm. alone, because mm -hmm. we've had the opportunity to share them virtually, but this will be the first time getting to share them with other living people in the same space. I'm really mm -hmm. excited about that. I've never done that before. I don't know what mm. that's like to go from place to place and meet different people every, almost every day. Yeah, yeah. And be, be surrounded by new people and hear new voices. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Lightning round. We're getting close to the end of my set of questions. Okay. My official set of questions. So lightning round means quick answers. Well, <laughs> that's what I say every time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. What's an album that was really important to you? Oh, oh where to start? Songs in the Key of Life um, mm. pops into my head, but there's so many. That's yeah. okay. You can start with that one. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite soup? Soup. Mm, yummy soup. Um, <laughs> um, I like a cream of... Oh, you know what's really good? My mother-in-law's pumpkin soup. Yum. Ooh. Yum. Ooh, nice. <laughs> nice. All right, good. What is your favorite replacement curse word? Hmm. Well, dagnabbit just came up. Dagnabbit. So for right now, we'll dagnabbit. Wow. I have not heard that one before. No? I've read it, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say it. Well, let's hang, keep hanging out. No, <laughs> right, yeah. keep hanging out. I, I dropped something on your toes right, or something. Right. Um, what is a sound that you feel strongly about? This doesn't have to be a beautiful sound. It's mm -hmm. just a sound that, that you really react to. It could be beautiful. but hmm. Well, my youngest is six and still makes some pretty serious, you know, screeches and... <laughs> yeah. 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 Who is an artist that you wish more people listened to? Hmm. I'm a big Richard Julian fan. I don't know how many people know his writing. He's really clever songwriting. And I was listening to some of his uh, New Orleans Fleur de Lis album coming in. Okay, so I might have to track you down for a link for that. Yeah, we'll, certainly we'll, we'll put links in the show notes yeah. for, for the Stevie Wonder. And sure, the, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Before we close, where can we find you and follow your projects? Well, the most obvious is my website. This is Leah.com. Leah spelled L-E-A. Mm. So this is Leah.com. Um, YouTube, same story. Mm -hmm. Slash, this is Leah. And those are probably the best spots. And if you come to my website, then definitely drop me a line. Send an email. Say hi. Great. 
And if you're a song leader, there are actually many song leaders who listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you're a song leader, could, um, could you tell song leaders what your process is if they want to share your songs with their groups? Right. Up yeah. to this point, what I've been doing is accepting donations. Mm -hmm. um, so people have gotten in touch and said, I'd like to share this song. And when I have notation, which I don't for everything, but I do for some things. I have a book, actually, of songs that were written rather early, those devotional pieces that came mm -hmm. on walks. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's an easy way to, to grab hold of the notation if folks are interested in that. And then I just see different choirs, different people have different needs and abilities. So mm -hmm. I ask folks to contribute what they're able to. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So a huge thank you thank to you, you, Leah, for that generosity and for and for coming and talking with me mm. today, for doing an in-person, helping me kind of break through this, the first in-person interview. I believe, I haven't listened to it yet, but I believe it worked. Yeah, here we are. Here we yeah. are. We did it. And a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I'm so glad you're singing with us. Let me remind you that sharing this podcast with your friends really makes a difference. Your donations make a difference to help cover the costs of production. There's a tip jar. Visit abreathofsong.com to see the show notes with links and lyrics and Patty Piotrowski's glorious artwork. Sign up to get artwork and music in your mailbox. How beautiful is that? Leave something in the tip jar to help cover costs. I said that already. Before Patty or I is paid, 25% is donated to the Jazz Foundation of America which directly supports jazz, blues, and roots musicians in need. The skill and artistry of these musicians has directly shaped most of the music I share on this podcast in one way or another, yet historically they have been inadequately recognized and unfairly recompensed for their work. So let's sing just as you are again. <laughs> Leah was just about to get a drink of tea, <laughs> but let's sing it again to help it sink in more deeply. Just as you are without changing a thing Just as you are, I accept you I see you, I hear you, I welcome you in Just as you are, just as you are Just as you are without change Thank you for joining Leah and me today for A Breath of Song. I'm grateful that you're taking care of yourself and listening to your voice. I believe making a better world starts with listening to ourselves and each other, which is what we just did. So yay us. If you're liking this podcast, please share with a friend, and next time we'll plant another song. Be well. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs>